My name is Timothy. If I haven't met you, I'm one of the pastors here at Christ Central Church, and it's an honor and privilege to be with you tonight to bring you God's Word on this historic day in the Christian calendar, Good Friday. Tonight we'll be reading from Matthew chapter 26, verses 30 to 35, and then 69 to 75. This is God's Word. And when they, the disciples and Jesus, had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. And Peter answered him, Though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. Verse 69 Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came up to him and said, You also were with Jesus, the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you mean. And when he went out to the entrance, another servant girl saw him, and she said to the bystanders, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied it with an oath, I do not know the man. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Certainly you too are one of them, for your accent betrays you. Then he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We know that your word is true. God, we ask that you would speak to us tonight through your word. That you would use me, your servant, to bring your truth to your people. Father, I ask that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to understand. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Just the other day, someone asked me in passing if I was ready for Easter. I'm not exactly sure what they meant by the question, but I can tell you where my mind went. My mind went to our Easter lunch plans with family, to my kids' Easter baskets and whether or not they were all in order, to the kids' Easter outfits, making sure they were clean and ironed and ready to go. Not that I care so much about Easter attire, but I've heard it's a big deal, so I participate in that. All of these things that I began to ponder in terms of my readiness for Easter, to-do lists, checklists, and if I'm honest, as I began to think about these things, my heart, my heart rate went up a little bit. Got a little anxious just thinking of all the stress that's involved with a busy holiday like Easter. And yet in hindsight, I'm not exactly sure if that's what the person really meant by the question. 
I think what they meant was not whether my kids' Easter baskets were ready, but whether my heart was truly ready to celebrate our risen Savior. And that's really the whole point of this Lenten season, isn't it? To prepare our hearts for the glory of Easter Sunday. And so I want to begin this evening by asking you the very same question. Are you ready for Easter? Not have you picked out your outfit, but is your heart primed and ready to rejoice and celebrate in the glory of our risen Savior? Are you ready? Our text this evening is a story of someone who clearly was not ready. His name was Peter. He was one of the 12, one of the 12 disciples, part of Jesus' inner circle, and really the top dog in this inner circle. And one would think if anyone should have been ready, it should have been Peter. And yet for some reason, he was far from it. And so tonight I want to look briefly at this text and try to unpack what is the root cause of Peter's unreadiness. And I hope that in looking we might be able to reveal some of our own unreadiness and so that we can do what's necessary to prepare our hearts for Easter morn. So let's begin by looking at our text in search of an answer for this question. Why in the world was Peter so not ready for what was about to happen? A bit of context here, Daniel shared a little bit of this earlier, but this discourse that we just read is the conclusion of the Last Supper. This is the last meal that Jesus shared with his disciples, and the text directly before ours is where Jesus at this supper institutes communion, this table that we're going to partake of in a moment, where Jesus declared to his disciples that he himself was the true and final Passover lamb. And without getting too deep into a discussion of the previous text, which deserves a sermon all by itself, I want to simply summarize what the Lord's Supper is all about. What Jesus was telling his disciples in that meal was that he was going to die for them. That he was going to give his life as a sacrifice on their behalf. And yet what our text reveals is that in spite of Jesus' very clear explanation, in spite of the vis visible picture of the bread and the wine, and even the tactile explanation, the eating of the bread and the drinking of the wine, Peter was still confused. He still didn't fully understand what was about to happen. And the evidence of this is found in verse 33 in our text. So after this special meal, verse 30, the disciples are so moved by what they've witnessed that they break out in song, in worship. And yet Jesus then immediately ruins the moment, verse 31, by informing the disciples that in just a few short hours, all of them are gonna fall away. They're all going to abandon him. And it's Peter's response to this that reveals that he's not ready. Look at what he says, verse 33. Though they all, referring to the other disciples, though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Translation, Jesus, you don't know who you're talking to. Yeah, I agree, these chumps, yeah, they're gonna fall away. I get you thinking that, but not me, boss. 
you don't know who I am. And what Peter's words reveal is that he doesn't think he needs that which Jesus is offering. This is a huge point for us to see. He doesn't think he needs the broken body and shed blood. He doesn't think he needs the cross. And the reason why Peter thinks this is because he believes, he's confident in himself, in his own ability to be faithful and to follow Jesus to the bitter end. And as we see in the latter half of our text, Peter's confidence was misappropriated, right? Right? Just hours later, in the face of danger, Peter folds. Not once, but three times he denies Jesus to save his own skin. But I want you to look closely now at how Jesus pursues and prepares the heart of Peter. Jesus knows he's going to fall, and yet the way that he goes after Peter's heart here is absolutely beautiful. And he does it with a rooster. Because if you look closely, you can see what the purpose of the rooster really is, what the rooster is all about. The rooster is Jesus declaring to Peter, I see you. I see you, Peter. I see you naked and exposed in your unfaithfulness. I see your sin. And on today, on Good Friday, the day set apart for us to remember the cross, we need to recognize that he sees us too. Amen? Amen? As hard as we try to hide our brokenness, our neediness, as much as, much as we constantly check the knots in our suit of fig leaves, we cannot hide from Jesus. We are exposed in our sin. But take heart. That exposure is what makes us most ready for Easter Sunday. Because what that exposure does to us is it forces us to recognize our need for salvation. It reveals to us our sin and that our sin is great and therefore compels us to grope for, to search for a great and mighty Savior. There's no Easter celebration apart from this Good Friday lament. The rooster crows, and now Peter sees that Jesus was right. He did, just like all the others, fall away. And now he sees his need for a savior. In the table, it starts to make sense. I think there's a little bit more that we need to unpack before we call it a night. Look again at the end of our text, verse 75. And Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and he wept bitterly. I want to finish by looking at these tears. Where do they come from? I think it would be easy to say that Peter, after coming face to face with his own weakness, his frailty, his sinfulness, that he experiences a profound awareness of his need for the cross and he's so overwhelmed that he's led to tears. That may be what's happening here. But when I think about my own life, I'm reminded that when my neediness is revealed, it doesn't normally produce tears. It produces shame, right? A healthy shame that says, 
I'm not God and I need God, but not tears. Now tears for me normally come from two places. They come from sadness and from guilt. The times that I have truly wept have always been as a result of either great loss or great guilt. Either when I've lost someone I love dearly or I've hurt someone I love dearly. And I believe that that loss and hurt, that sadness and guilt are at the heart of these tears that are flowing down Peter's face. I think it's here that Peter realizes that it's his sin that demands the cross, that he is responsible. And the reason, therefore, that he is going to lose this man that he loves so much is because he, Peter, has messed up. He's failed. And I think the weight of that is what brings forth these tears. I believe the very same revelation is what makes us ready for Easter for us to see that the cross is something that is done both by us and for us. To quote Spurgeon, he says, on the cross, Jesus Christ, completely embodying perfect love, looked down at the people he was dying for, completely embodying the opposite, and he stayed. That's the message of Good Friday in spite of the fact that the cross was done by us, he stayed. He stayed for you, and he stayed for me. Let's pray. Father, I ask that the rest of this service tonight would serve to drive this truth deep into our hearts, that we would truly see the cross as something done both by us and for us, and that we would lament, and that through our lamenting, we might be made ready for the glory of Easter morn. I pray these things in Jesus' name, amen.